Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. And guess what? I'm not alone this week. And not only do, do I not have Chase Olschringer, I got Jordan Swidler in here with me, who is a friend of Chase's and I believe has been on the show before yes, on sir. the episode where I was not here. <laughs> so welcome back, sir. And it's good to do it with you this time. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to start off normal with the Stars. Stars right now, 22 and 10 and 5. Third in the Central, fourth in the West. I did not put what they did most recently, but... They've looked good. A five to four overtime loss for Colorado. Right. It was overtime Bad loss. Bad loss. Well, you know, those happen from time to time. I mean, that after that National Predators game, it was we, we were bound to get some karma yeah. not not going our way. But I mean, again, we kind of say the same things every week. The stars have been they're hanging in there. Yeah, they're doing. I mean, they're rising up. This we got the Predators again tonight at seven. So here in about an hour and a half. Uh, in Dallas, we trying to see. We, here's a schedule. So yeah, we lost Colorado, and then we lost before that, which is really cool. We lost to Montreal. Yeah. And then, you look at the Stars' so record, and it's it's, it's good. Haven't started well in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. But before that, to close out 2023, you had a win over Chicago in overtime, and then a win over Chicago again, eight to one. Mm -hmm. So you had a great closing of the year, and then to just. Yeah. Falling flat, start 2024. But, hey, we're, we're not worried about it. No, that. you look at the Stars' record, and it's good, right? You're happy, you're yeah. pleased with this record. But then you look at the, some of the losses that the Stars have this year, and it's been bad. Like, there's a lot of overtime losses, a lot of games where we're up going into the third period by more than one goal and losing that game, or, you know, by, bad. Like, you being up 3-2 to two going into the third and losing 6-3. to three. I, I think it's going to come down to, can we get a, a more a higher seed to try and get more home playoff games? We, have, we, we, we got a great atmosphere in mm -hmm. the Red Airlines Center. And I think trying to get the home playoff games and trying to just, you know, I mean, we've seen it with the Panthers, eight seed, boom, went right yeah, to the Stanley Cup. One of those, they lost. Hockey's it's, one of those sports that you get hot, just like baseball. I, I think it's the most unpredictable playoff of the four major. I mean, basketball kind of similar with the all seven game. Football, one game, and then baseball is kind of progressive with three to five to seven to seven. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can see the, the, the Cinderella stories in baseball. And there usually is about one every year, but sometimes they stop in the championship series. Sometimes there are no Cinderellas. I mean, it just, you know, but in, in hockey, it seems to be every year there's, it's kind of like March Madness. Every year, you, who, who are, it's not, are there going to be upset, upsets? It's who are the upsets going to be? Right. So, again, not too much with the stars. We'll just keep recapping each week and seeing where the, we are in the standings. So, move on to the Dallas Mavericks. They're 21 and 15. So, I believe they were 15 and 8 last time I looked at the record. Mm hmm. So they've kind of, you know, stayed in the, the same, same. Yeah. kind of the same ratio of wins and losses. They're six in the West. So, I mean, it, again, but right now, sixth doesn't really, the standings don't matter as much right now. And, you know, because of how basketball does its stuff, it, it's, it's all conference based, which I like. Um, two wins, both against Portland. We play Minnesota tonight. I'm oh, sorry, tomorrow at 630. So that's the game you should win. I mean, if you want to be that thing in the, if, if you consider yourself a part of that, top group in the West, I think it's a game. Yeah, I'll rephrase that. I mean, I don't think it's a game that we should win because Minnesota is, you know, the number one team in the West. It's a game I want to win. Oh, cool. Of course. <laughs> it's a game that you would like to see the team win. But right as we were starting to get healthy, another injury bug happens. You know, Kyrie's back. Everybody's healthy. Lively goes down. Luca has a little bit of soreness. Lively's had injury problems this year. Yeah. I, hope that's so, not, I hope that's not a foreshadowing of his future career with the Mavericks. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been minor. It's been, it's been, it's more, it's been more like here, it's a rest day, but like not an actual injury. It's kind of just like, right. okay, we're just, we'll list you as left ankle soreness or whatever. It's, it's kind of like with um, baseball. It's, yeah, he's going on the 15 day um, injured list. You know, it's, it's usually it's a pitcher that's pitched a lot, 
Well, they have a hangnail. They have a blister. <laughs> yeah. they, they Or me and my dad's joke, um, when a pitcher like has a really rough stretch, yeah, he's going down with, with um, leg soreness. Yeah, it's manager's foot up butt. That's, yeah. that's why he's going out, he's going out for, for 15 days. Because he's 15 days. Unfortunately, you can't put sucking on there. Yeah. So, yeah. But Lively is not on there because of sucking. He's no. on no. there. Lively's for, been a huge impact. And I remember I was listening to one of the, game, the, one of the podcasts I didn't miss. And I remember you talking about Lively. And you're correct. Um, you know, he's a big, he's the anchor to our team. Yeah. And when he's on the floor, it's a lot better, smoother offense, better defense. And, you know, he's lost ass at a 19 year old. But and isn't Grant Williams dealing with some injury problems as well? <laughs> that and he's just been terrible. He's not been that good. Really? Yeah, he's really he's been he's See, been really really good. poor. He's, he started off hot. I mean, is it just it could just be a dry spell? It's just disappointing because you, you give him a four year, fifty four million dollar contract as a guy that you want to bring in to be a three and D guy. The, the Mavericks desperately needed after last year. I mean, he looked he's he looked good the first few weeks yeah. and then it's just cooled. It it it. I feel like it's. Kind of similar to baseball, guys go through streaks and cold streaks and hot streaks and all that. But yeah, Grant, but Grant, Grant oh, sorry. Go, 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 go Greg, I, I feel like Grant Williams has always been kind of a hot and cold player. He tends to pick, uh, at least historically in the playoffs, the Celtics, he tends to pick series where he would just show up and then somewhere he would kind of just be there. They feel him for 10 minutes a game. You know, it's kind of depends. But he, he's very helpful if he can play his potential. He obviously can be a great scorer. But, um, you know, his defense is really needed, which is why it's tough when he's struggling on that end. So um, I don't know. I, I think the Mavs look good right now. You know, given that they don't, they haven't, <clears throat> they've had Luca miss a few games, stuff like that. I think the biggest test for them is going to be every game they play without Luca this year. I think at the end of the day, like they need to be able to survive without him in those games in order to keep their their seating where they want it to be. Um, but you know, obviously tests like tomorrow are going to be really important for them because, I mean, if they want to beat the big dogs, they got to be one of the big dogs. You know, right? Yeah, and uh, Luca's missed some games, and you know, as we saw yes yesterday, Kyrie stepped up. You know, yeah. great, great game. Mavs played great stars. as a team. Yeah, it's nice to have that luxury, right? We haven't had that. Um, <laughs> and when they're both on the floor together, you know, it's it's fun to watch. But mm-hmm. no, well, uh, tomorrow's a test for sure. Tomorrow's a test, and we'll see who's healthy. There's no injury report yet. Uh, everybody's day to day right now. Right. Um. So we'll see what happens. I feel like we haven't really been fully healthy the entire season. No, no. there's it, always I mean, been except someone. maybe the first like week. <laughs> Other than that, we've and even then we didn't. I don't think we had Kyrie at that point. I think didn't he start the season unhealthy? No. Yeah, and then he got injured early. Yeah, but. He, yeah, he went down first. But since then, we, we we just haven't really seen this team at full strength. And when they are at full strength, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, but and if, it feels like Grant Williams right now is kind of a Tim Hardaway Jr. but can't defend. I mean, sorry, but can defend, but can defend. No, he he's a lot better. different than Timmy. Timmy is a guy that can create his own shot. Grant is more of a spot up guy. More, more last year. T- I mean, in the off- in the hot and cold. Sure, but at least sure. Grant Williams is a lot more consistent on his defense. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. is up there for six man of the year running. I mean, yeah. he's averaging almost seventeen a game. I think he's, and he's been. He's been he's been a great third scorer to have you know yeah. when it's hard it's hard to put up those numbers when you have superstars in front of you. He's gonna see him healthy. He stepped up in 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 a spot where we we were hoping he could step up. I mean he has a really nice contract, mm-hmm. and so we were hoping that he could be either that third option, maybe a fourth option. But he's always been really streaky. Mm-hmm. There are games where he, he he will always chuck up shots, and there are games where where he's chucking them up, and he's missing them all. He's just brick 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 brick. And there's some where he's just it's all swishes. Yeah. So it's just he's. He, I'm glad to see he's got, he's getting more consistent with yeah. his offense. Um, going around the league, Draymond Green got reinstated just like a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, some opportune time to start the podcast. Um, I mean, obviously, he just I think he's one more incident away from being done. Yeah, big problems. I mean, I understand heat of the moment. Look, you know, I get it. You, you're playing a very competitive sport. You know, if anyone else has played sports before, you understand. It's just you know, even even in an intramural game, <laughs> yeah. you can get kind of heated and 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 the heat of the moment of playing. 
So I understand that, but kind of what he's done is just just the consistency. It, it's so flagrant that it's it's it to me it's inexcusable. Yeah. It's also like overboard. Like everything he's doing yeah. is not just it's not just the um, frequency of it, but it's also just every single action he's taking is just like indefensible. And, and, yeah. and yet Kerr was defending him for a while, but Kerr can't even defend him anymore. It's getting no. so when bad. You, when it's you crazy. choke someone and put them in a headlock, there's no excuse for that. No. And I, I man, <laughs> if if someone. Like if if anyone ever watched Netflix has a really good series called Untold. They do a lot, you know, some some really they deep dive into some maybe some untold sports stories. And the one over Mouse at the Palace was really interesting because they got both players' perspectives. And some of the guys were like, "The NBA tried to ruin my career, and I was defending my teammates." And so if I feel like if you're defending your teammates as a coach, if you get into a fight defending a teammate, like I you know hit, hit, they hit your quarterback late, I don't know, yeah. lineman runs over yep. and pops him. I'll take that 15 yard penalty. Yeah. I don't care. I I would re- it's it's the principle of defending a teammate or defending yourself. Draymond doesn't do that. He just <laughs> no. it seems that it's just like, oh, I'm gonna attack this guy today. Yeah. It feels almost like GTA in basketball. I and mean, it's just it's, it's <laughs> he's just attacking random well, people because he can. I, I think he also has this like constant issue where he tests the refs. He yeah. loves to test them. Um and, and they allow him to, for for what it's worth. I, I think it's a huge issue. Obviously, we can go into officiating the NBA. There's a lot of uh, ongoing issues with that. But the main thing I'd say with Draymond is every opportunity he gets, he he argues, he he moans. You know, everything he can do to kind of just, like, get in the ref's face. He could get yeah. attacked every time he talks. And, 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 he, and he pushes them to a point where they don't really know how to properly handle him without just kicking him out of games. And I think, you know, this this break, hopefully, for his sake, will allow him to maybe tune that back a little bit. That's what I would hope. Yeah. If not, then, you know, <laughs> there's a problem. I mean, people always compare him to Rodman, and Rodman caused a lot of problems with refs because yeah, of how sure. he played. But I feel like Rodman cared about his teammates. He cared about winning, and he would be willing to win and maybe try to shut his mouth a little <laughs> bit more frequently and not try to, you know, kick a cameraman. And you I don't, know, I don't doubt like that, that about Draymond, though. But he's I'm, been proven as a winner. He And he's a winner, and I think he cares, but it just, I'm trying to, it, it's, it feels like there's a quality missing. Like, at least the teammates of Rodman will tip. You really, you rarely hear them speak ill, but it feels like now the Warriors, Warriors guys, are I mean, having a harder time defending Draymond's mm-hmm. actions. I mean, Jordan, the whole Jordan Poole incident. As we find out more information and, and know kind of what happened with that, it was Draymond. Like he, he kind of goes after guys. Yeah, yeah. He, he initiates a lot of this stuff. And which I is get different. that if you're testing a rookie, you're testing <sighs> a young guy. That's part of sports. Of course, but it feels like Draymond almost breeds into hazing. <laughs> I mean, or, I mean, seriously, full on bullying people. I mean. It, it it's getting out of hand, yeah. and I think the NBA. It's why I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in sports. Agreed. He he's done good disciplinary actions with with, with Draymond. It's all right. You keep you mess up one more time, you're probably out for a long time, if not forever. We we I I cannot compromise the safety. He's giving him opportunities. I I cannot at this point. If I'm the commissioner, I cannot you know continue to put other players on rosters at risk for things they didn't do. If you have Trying to think the, the the old like Steelers teams and the Ravens teams and the and those Bengals teams that Vontez Perfect and you know guys like that. Yeah. Typically, they would have flagrant stuff, but I don't know if it was this frequently. And and a lot of times it always felt like they were defending a teammate or they were it was someone they're jawing with. They had some kind of motive. It rarely feels motive with with Draymond. It's just I'm gonna go attack him today. It's not Antonio Brown the other end. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I I feel like it. It just it yeah. feels again a lot more just flagrant. Yeah, agreed. So. And uh, we have Lakers turmoil on here, and, you know, Jordan, you're a Lakers fan, so I'll kick this one to you. <laughs> um, At this point, it feels like LeBron's going to be a player coach. <laughs> so, I mean, so, I don't know. I, I, this is what I'll say. Um, I just want to say, first off, I'm grateful LeBron came because we won a title. Everything afterwards at this point is just gravy, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the reality of this. I mean, you, you can't really 
asked for multiple <laughs> titles. One titles, you know, and I'm, I'm a little spoiled in my life, obviously, with being a Lakers fan. But what I will say is, you know, I think there's been some ongoing issues that are a little bit longer than just this year. Um, I've talked about this a few times with my friends. Chase and I ran the discussion the other day, but uh, we had a perfect roster after 2020. We went into 2021, got injured, very injured that year, mm-hmm. and still found a way to make the playoffs. We faced a great Suns team that made the finals that year and took them to six games. And if AD hadn't gotten hurt, I think we had a good chance of winning that series. And what did we do after that? We fired our best coach in years, Frank Vogel. We <laughs> kicked off, you know, all our shipped off all of our players that we had that we you know needed as role players for for Russ and you know. If it weren't for basically a great end of last year, Ham probably would have been gone already. And, you know, I hate to say this, but I think it's just time to make some changes. And, you know, what's going on internally makes a lot of sense. Guys like D'Lo have very big egos, and they want to make sure that they're a big role on the team. And they obviously, you know, can't be with the way the team is currently. And guys like Reeves, who I truly do believe should get a lot more playing time, more opportunities, should not be coming off the bench. You know, he's frustrated with his playing time, and that's coming out too. And it's like, at what point does Palinka need to make some changes? And, and... You know, we were looking at odds. We saw a tweet that had odds earlier about yeah. guys being terminated off, you know, out of the out of the organization. You know, is Palinka going to be staying for a lot longer? You know, I don't know. I, personally, I'm at a point where I'd rather just kind of watch and see. It's hard to really have a strong opinion on this. I just think the changes need to be made. Right. But you know, it it, it kind of sucks. I mean, you hate to see your two best players in the last you know ten years. You know, so ever since Kobe left, basically, you know. Playing the best basketball of their careers, almost it's feel it feels like that way. You know, every every yeah. game we're seeing massive games out of LeBron and, and AD, and there's no one else. I mean, this is just like an ongoing thing over and over, and it feels a little bit. Uh, it's it's frustrating to watch as a fan, mainly because you know going into every game that the attitude of the team is one of the core issues, right? You know that they're going to be you know feeling the way they do, feeling down, knowing hey we might yeah. lose this game. So I don't know. That, those are my initial thoughts. No, it, and it puts a lot of pressure on Polinka for the future because if. You know, with everybody making all these excuses and disappointing and disappointed in the team, Plinka goes out there and does what everyone wants him to do, mm-hmm. fires ham, gets some makes some trades. But then what if it still doesn't work? You know, what if there what if there's still no, you know, success? Well, that puts Polinka, you know, in in jeopardy with for his job. So you can correct me, you guys can and can correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not as plugged in as basketball um as you guys are. You guys, you know I'm a Jordan guy. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I do like LeBron. I don't really like him as a person, but I like him as a player. I think he's, yes. I mean, obviously, his he, him still being one of the top three players in the league, I would say. Not, I, mean, I mean, he's not three anymore. Maybe but maybe top ten. Yeah, he's, he's top he's, ten. He's, he's top ten. Still being a top yeah. ten player, an elite level player at his age, yeah. and this consistently is 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 it's it, unbelievable. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It is. So, but it feels like we have a. Is, is there news? TJ Watson, some bad pain apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not good um, for the Steelers, especially if they make the playoffs. It's <laughs> yeah. the one put on. We'll, we'll get to rely that. On. We'll get to that. Yeah, they might um, make it. So we'll see. Jordan rarely went to his GM and dictated personnel moves. Mm-hmm. Fair. Maybe the one was Rodman because he was like, "Look, we need we need rebounding. I want this guy," and it worked out really well. <laughs> but for for more or less, he let Kraus. Be the guy upstairs that got all the, and he would you know be the guy on the floor. Yes, it feels like ever since, and and I think the first stint with the Cavs did this to LeBron. It caused him to because I mean obviously they you know did not put I'm I'm not going to try to remember all their names. I can <laughs> picture all their faces, and I just don't want to th- try to think of all their names. I've seen countless things about this to try and, but I just don't remember all their names. <laughs> but the Cavs front office guys couldn't couldn't put a team around him. 
um, it was Mo, and I can't remember his last name. Mo Williams. Mo, Mo Williams. Williams. Thank you. Was that Jonas Algauskas? Yeah, Algauskas was. Those were his two best co-stars, and they're yep, good players, but not great ones. No. Mm-hmm. They still made the finals. It's crazy. And 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 he's still under the finals, which is remarkable. And then he goes to Miami and has a super team, and then he comes back to the Cavs, and and then went, for the second he got back to Cleveland. He started, okay, I want this guy. I want this guy. Now I want this guy. Get this guy out. I want this coach. And he started trying to dictate uh-huh, personnel uh-huh. moves. And it got him a championship. It got him to four straight NBA finals. They only won one. Eight but straight. it still got them to four. He made eight straight. Eight straight. Oh, that's true. I'm saying that with, with the Cavs, Yeah, of course. He made of course, but four straight. Yeah, saw the success for you know, a prolonged period of time. It's crazy. It four straight with the Cavs. So LeBron dictating some of the personnel moves uh-huh. got that. And I have to wonder if it gave him a very false sense of confidence in, oh, I can dictate moves and we'll continue to win because, well, I know basketball. Then he goes to the Lakers, tries to dictate moves, they get a championship. Of course. And again thinks, well, it'll just keep happening. And then ever since then, it feels like a lot of the veterans they would bring in would be LeBron guys. Mellow. And, and, uh, and, and if a coaching Dwight. hire or firing need to be made, it's because LeBron wanted it and now it's they're failing. And it's, to me, what happens when you don't have a well-organization. In sports, and I know Krause said this, and it was very famous, that, you know, players don't want championships, organizations do. And I know the players, it irked them, but I think he was right. Because you look at the Rangers, our team, they have a great division of labor. Owner writes the checks, needs to be, and needs a GM who knows who to get and can explain to him, here's why I need you to write this check for this certain player. The GM knows he can't run the day-to-day operations of the you know on, the on-field operations, so he gets a great guy to run that. And you know, Bochi knows I need a good pitching coach. He knows I need good hitting coaches. He knows I need good players. Everything works in the organization. There's no, I mean, there probably I'm sure there are egos. You have athletes and you have men, but so I'm sure there are huge egos there. But they know their role, as the Rock would say, they know their role and shut their mouth. <laughs> Feels like with the Lakers, they no, no one does, no. and it's. And at the at the <clears throat> core of that problem is LeBron. It's like your biggest the thing that helps your team is also one of the greatest curses on your team right now. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, uh, great analysis. I mean, this has been a thing for a few years. I, I feel the same way as I did years ago about him, which is incredible player, really is an incredible leader and brings guys up around him. I think it, the problem he runs into is that he stunts development of players on teams he's on. It's a big problem that has followed him everywhere he's gone. And an issue with the Lakers now is that we're years into his tenure where they could not develop players for the last few years. They don't have guys that have been around for a few years that are not him, AD, and that's basically it. They aren't other guys. Everyone's turning over every year. Mm-hmm. And it's resulted in you know him, like you said, kind of grasping at straws almost, it feels like. He's yeah. trying to find solutions to something that truthfully may not have solutions. And I'm willing, I, I, as a Lakers fan, I'm, I'm willing to say, you know, this might be the end of the era with the two of them. And I'm glad I got to see it, but you know, it's 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 tough to imagine that they can fix an issue like this, especially in a one year time span. Yeah, right. So I mean, it's it, the Lakers have some problems, but I mean, I think the biggest thing is, and I know LeBron would have a hard time doing this, but just kind of stepping aside. And if you if you want, if there's a guy that you really want that you know, oh, he's a winner. Like with Scherzer, who was one of the first guys Scherzer contacted before he decided to waive his no trade clause? It was Degrom. Degrom. Hey, how is it there in Texas? Are they are, are are they going to win? You know, the Groms been on a World Series team. They didn't win, but he's been on a team that went. So, hey, what's it like there? Oh man, you need you need to get here. And he trusted that. And I don't say that that was it's the same thing, but sure. it's kind of that it's that you know that stamp of approval of you need to get here. And I think if you, occasionally recruiting is great, it helps. It's it 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 can help. You know, maybe teams are on the fence about a player 
maybe a team doesn't really think about a player acquiring them, and another player is like, hey, you should probably think about going and get this guy because he's really, really good. LeBron, though, does it, it feels like, for every move. It's true. Almost. I mean, I mean That's true. you know, we do That's the thing that needs to change. Chris Young, yeah. for example, Chris Young. We don't have one without him, right? He put this no. team together. Yeah. He made and, the big moves. Him and Daniels, But yeah. the difference... Yeah, of course. But the difference... Of course, of course. <laughs> yes. Give, him a, give Daniels a ring. I do. But the thing is, the difference is that he let Bochi coach this team. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't step in at all. He said, Boch, you go out there and you do it. That's the that's that's what brings success. Yeah. You it, think Jerry would ever do that with Mike McCarthy? Hey, Mike, you you go coach. No. Jerry's got to be the last word with everything. That's I th- the problem. I think Jerry runs and we can talk a while about Jerry. Because <laughs> at the same time, I love Jerry because he's passionate about his yes, team. And of I'd course. Rather, I honestly, I know people may disagree. I'd rather have a Jerry Jones than a David Tepper. Jerry or Reinsdorf. Or, or a Jerry ta- Reinsdorf. We're talking about, we're talking about or, know, awful owners. Yeah. Jesus or, Christ, or, Dan, or Dan Snyder. I'd rather have someone that cares so much that it causes problems than a guy that doesn't care at all and it causes problems. Because yeah. at least when you care... You're more likely to me. You're more likely to stumble into a, a championship by caring than not. Of course. And we can talk about Jerry. And mm-hmm. you know he's starting to delegate more control to Stephen. And he's he's already he's I mean for the last ten years he's been delegating more control about the draft to Will McClay, but he still signs off. Right. And he's but, and he's still at the forefront. I mean if you watch the the inside the draft thing when they redrafted Mozzie, who was the number one guy talking, Jerry. Yeah. And who and what he does is like he he's like the host. He kicks it to his scouts and mm-hmm. he does from all people that I've heard from. He not personally, obviously, but the thing I've seen that people have talked, he does listen to scouts, and it's not Jerry. Oh, I really want this guy, and screw what you have to say, and I don't care. No, he does listen, mm-hmm. but I think that unfortunately, and and again, I read a book. I just got finished with uh, Jimmy Johnson's book, mm-hmm. so I learned a lot about why they curated, and a lot of it is what I've been saying, and I've been proved right by this book that Jerry wants credit. Jerry wants to be able to say that I built him. The famous famous line in the book. The famous line is 500 coaches could have coached this team. Sorry to kick the football for a second. But <laughs> no the, problem. the famous line in the book that I read that really stuck out to me was Jerry was had brought Jimmy in aside and said, if I make $10 million with a great business deal, crickets, nothing, no one says anything. <laughs> if you trade for a backup left guard and he made like, he, he said he cupped his hands together and made like a, like a crowd noise. He said, and everyone goes, wow. And he goes, and I want a piece of that. And I went and I, I slammed my book and went, yes, I'm, I've been right. He wants the credit for a Super Bowl without having to delegate right. any of the credit. Because even the third one, no one gives it to Barry Switzer, and no one gives it to Jerry Jones. We all give it to Jimmy Johnson because it was his team. And of course. honestly, 500 coaches could have coached that team, right. but who put that team together? Which Jimmy. The, the point I was making was just that if— co- if No, right, going back to this. Yeah. If the GM lets the coach that they hire and they pay do their job, you see success, and it's proven. And, and Chris Young still got the credit. Without yeah. even having to do anything. And I think that definitely is where Darvin Ham's at also, where he just kind of is a puppet at this point. I don't think yeah. he's really doing much. And you know, I still think that Vogel was <laughs> was the answer. We got rid of him after winning a title with him. But, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. There's a good chance this is the end of the, our success for at least a few years. Um, you know, it is what it is if it is. But that's, that's how yeah. it goes, right? It's the NBA. So it is my time to remind everybody that the Texas Rangers won the World Series. Absolutely. I, I, I think, that was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Know, right? <laughs> and, and, and there was an idiot Astros fan, and I don't remember his name, and I don't want to know, but he was an idiot Astros fan who was like, I can't wait for the new year because then the Rangers are no longer the the the, the, <laughs> what? the, the champions because it's a new year. I'm like, we're still the reigning defending. <laughs> Even when opening day starts, the language changes. Right now, we're the champs. When spring training starts, we're the defending champs. 
and we're the defending champs until someone else wins it. The trophy is with us until someone takes it, or we just say, no, nah, we're going to keep it again. For I was going to say, maybe you defend which, it. Which would be awesome, and we're in prime position to do that. Yeah. The last thing I want to do to go to the Rangers here for a second is re-sign Monty. That's it, it, I think Montgomery and then uh, Hurtado Barbecue today yeah. offered him <laughs> free barbecue for life if he resigns. Which um, I, I'd get on that deal if I was. And, and he came out and said, you know, obviously the talks with the Yankees and where where he started, right? I think he w- he said that in quote he wants to, he'd rather stay here than go there. And they wronged. I think I'd be pissed at the Yankees because the Yankees traded him, and I can't remember if they actually said it or if they were. It was like the thinking was. He's not a, a starter in the postseason. postseason. Yeah, that's what it was. He's not a top four guy. Yes, he's a he's a fifth starter guy, and he was our second best pitcher. I, I yeah, will say, I, I don't know if anyone saw this coming. The way he played, I mean, I, truthfully, like he he was always good. He was a good starter. He had some he was, issues. We were talking about it yesterday. Is like we before Monty came here, right? We were like, we didn't really have a bad game with us. He he was a three eight ERA, which is fine, which is good. And he comes to us, and he's like 3.3, 3.4 to end the year. He was really good with Mike Maddox as his pitching coach mm-hmm. the back end of last year with St. Louis. And so <laughs> when everyone was talking about who should we target the deadline, Montgomery was one of the first guys I thought about because I'm like, I don't think he'd be very expensive. And I think getting him back with Maddox, there's a track record of him being very successful very with true. Mike Maddox. Yeah. I like that history. I want to bring him in. I don't. I think he. I think the the bang for your buck here. I think what you're what you're getting for what you'd give up. You gave up two. Middle of your top thirty, I think it was it was Roby and and I be, I have heard it pronounced Thomas Sujesi, it's S A G G E S E. So I think it's Sujesi is how it's it's a weird pronunciation, but they were two solid prospects. But right. Roby's already had injury problems as a pitcher, and Sujesi he's gonna hit. But where's he gonna play? He's an infielder. We have Simeon for five more years, Seager for eight. Yeah, where the hell is he gonna it's play? True. Young, no, seriously. Young is young, and. <laughs> Lowe is not that old, and he's winning gold gloves mm-hmm. and silver sluggers. So he doesn't fit. So it's like with Acuna. He doesn't fit on our team, people. And, well, he can play center uh, field. You know what? You know what? I, I can make an exception for Acuna. We can fit, and, and we people, can fit him somewhere. People say, well, no, no, Luis <laughs> Angel. Luis Angel. Luis Angel. Oh, sorry, sorry. Luis Angel, yeah. Acuna's brother. We traded for Scherzer. Like, well, well he, he can play center field. We have Tavares. Well, I don't like Tavares. Okay, well, then Carter can play center field. We have White Langford. Yeah. What's your new argument? Uh, you know, there's nothing. I mean, you don't have one. Yeah. So it was luxuries that it, it, when you have top prospects, you either trade them or you find a spot for them. We decided to trade them, and we won a World Series. Yeah. And Monty was one of those guys that I wanted to trade for because – and he was one of those – he was a metric darling. He, he, was a, he was an analytics guy. There's a lot of analytics that pointed to him being very successful because of where he releases the ball. He's tall, big. And he just has kind of that slow looping windup, mm-hmm. and it's a very high angle. It's really tough to pick up. That's why and that curveball is so deadly. And it's the same delivery. His it doesn't change with the curveball, the sinker, change up. It, it's the same windup delivery every time. So mm-hmm. you have to read it off his hand, and it's very difficult from his angle because he's it's coming down at you. It's just it's it's it. He is definitely more old school, and it's I hate saying old school because it shouldn't be an old school philosophy of you don't have to throw ninety nine to get guys out. You locate. You throw strikes, mm-hmm. you generate soft contact, and you win games. And you pitch with a pitcher, you, you pitch with a kind of that, a, a very bulldog mentality. And Maddox instills that, and you know, they call him Mad Dog. They, he instills that in his pitchers, and Montgomery, I think, exudes that quality mm-hmm. of, I don't have to throw 98 to get guys out. I can throw 93 and be very successful. But... Um, other news in the MLB, the Mariners made a couple trades. They traded Jose Caballero to the Rays for, I can't remember, uh, Luke, Luke Rayleigh. Luke Rayleigh. Yep. So, I mean, 
the Rays do need a shortstop. They, you know, the after after some incidents have occurred, <laughs> so they do need a shortstop. And this guy, I mean, he's good defense. Maybe he can hit. You mm-hmm. never know. Was top prospect, I believe. And they traded Robbie Ray to the Giants for uh, D- D- Anthony Discofani. So mm-hmm. they trade pitchers, and then they got Mitch Hanniger back. Yeah. So I mean, hey, it's they need they kind of needed someone to replace Teoscar, and they kind of got him. So mm-hmm. least yeah. they, I mean, they got rid of Teoscar and Eugenio because they were the top two leaders in strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so true. It was bad. But they can I mean, hit. They can hit. But, and they, they can mash, but yeah. they just are gonna strike out a lot. Um, Chris Sale was traded. Obviously, that was that was a big one. Um, I, think I think you're missing one more Mariners uh, signing. Oh, I am missing. Oh yeah, Mitch Garver. I have it right here. Uh, two years, twenty-four million. So hey, first time he comes back. Listen, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm so happy he went to a division team, not the Astros. Standing ovation. Because now, I mean, yes, I would cheer for him with Houston. Yeah, I would. But unless he came out and said Texas sucks, I like Houston better. Then, no. <laughs> yeah. but now we'll see him eight times a year in Dallas or in Arlington. Hopefully, you know, if he well, plays, as long as he plays, yeah. And it'll be really cool, I think, for him to get that ovation because he will. When you yeah. win a World Series, especially for the first, when you win a World Series in any city. He, won, I mean, he was the he you're, was the first RBI. You're a legend. I mean, it wasn't the 2005 wasn't the first World Series for the White Sox. I mean, it was the first one in a while. First over 100 years. <laughs> over 100 years, but still, it was. You yeah, know, yeah, of course. Everyone there is is beloved. The, le- and the legends, of course. They're legends, and even in in in, in Boston's a better example because they've won a lot in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Th- even those guys are still legends. But when it's your first one or your first one in a really Special. long time, they're legends. And I don't they they can come back and they will always be legends to Rangers fans. Even mm-hmm. guys like Matt Bush didn't play. Still yeah. a legend. Matt Bush. Well, everyone will always remember him on that. T- at least I will always remember him <laughs> on that. Of course. Team. So I mean, it's just a great story. <laughs> Plus, he was the number one pick the year I was born. So it's kind of cool. Um, with with Mitch Garver, I also say um, his role hits. his role is gonna be interesting. Yeah, because they have you know um, Cal Rally. Cal Cal Rally. Thank you. And Cal, and Cal, and Cal plays. Every I mean, day, 120, 130 games. I mean, realistically, so he can, it'll probably be one's the DH and one's the catcher, and then they flip. Kind of like the Heim, kind of like the Heim situation. Because pretty similar, right? Raleigh can, yeah, because Raleigh can mash Garver, during the season. Yeah, and Garver. Garver no, I'm saying during the regular season. I'm yeah. talking about playoffs, but and yeah. and Garver can mash, mm-hmm. but they're both not the greatest defensively. They're both offensive first catchers mm-hmm. for sure. Whereas Heim is very balanced on both ends. Mm-hmm. He's definitely you could say his glove first. But I would say he is, but he's a great hitter too. He's a, yeah, so, he's a, so. he, it's, it's, he's a really good hitter too. Um, I still think he's arguably better than Ad, than Adley, but that's just we we had talking about this the other day. There's it's some very bias. Close. There's it's some bias close. there, but <laughs> I honestly think I honestly think the switch hitting gives him a bit of an edge. Both Adley switch hitting. Oh, Adley does switch hit. Yeah. So does Calrelli. <laughs> so does Calrelli. I forget. We got. Hey, I like switch hitters. They're cool. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. It's um, such a cool phenomenon. So. I had a debate one time. We were in high school, and someone was like, "Man, Chipper, you know who's the greatest pitcher of all time?" These baseball players were like, "Man, it's Chipper Jones." And I went, "No, it's not." And they're like, "Who?" I went, "Mickey Mantle." And they <laughs> went, "Oh yeah, we forgot he was a switch hitter." And I went, yeah. "Eddie Murray was also a switch hitter too." So there's been some, you know, there's switch hitters. Ones, I, I like switch hitters because yeah, uh, you can't match. I hate it when guys try to righty lefty matchups. Well, you can't do that with switch hitters. So you better you just can't bring, can't bring in the, can't get, bring in the other get guy. who you want, not the arm they throw yeah. with. But yep. um, Chris Sale was traded. And they got Von Grissom yep. back for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's—I did not expect that. I thought maybe they'll get a lower-level prospect. I mean, Chris Sale is still a decent pitcher. It's not what he was in his prime. Braves could use some innings, though. He's but kind of an innings eater. He, he kind of gives he, you some— He's kind of a swing man. He can start some games. He was probably, he's probably going to be what Odorizzi was going to be, or maybe what Heaney was. He starts, sure. maybe goes to the bullpen— you just kind of you, you pitch him when you need him. He's still nasty. I just don't know if they do that. I mean, it looks like the Braves have so much faith in him. You know, he's yeah. they already gave him that extension. 
I mean, look, they have faith in him, and that's great. And he's also got big game experience, been around a long, long time. But mm-hmm. you gave up, and I understand that Vaughn doesn't really fit in the Braves scheme anymore. Not at all. But still, it's a pretty mm-hmm. nice. I mean, for the I, I Craig Breslow done a great job, I think, so far in wheeling and dealing and getting some good pieces for even for Verdugo, and yeah. um, they got the reliever from uh, Seattle for Luis Urias, who I think sucks and is a triple-A player. <laughs> and they got a quality reliever that throws like 100 miles an hour. Oh, it was the, what's his name? Yeah. He killed, I, he killed us. Yeah, he killed us. And he's, yeah. I know he's, he's kind of a big guy. He's got a mustache. Yeah, I, for, I remember it. forget his name. But. He throws, I mean, he looked nasty. I'm like, yeah. I like what Breslow's doing. And I think the Red Sox kind of did what the Rangers did in hiring a former player that won a championship, obviously with the Red Sox. But we hired Chris Young, former player, with championship experience, and I think people shouldn't realize that that player experience and the championship experience of Chris Young has been on a team where he's seen winners. He's seen a team where that that went and then lost and then went again and won and kicked the crap out of the Mets. I mean, they they what was a five it was five games. I mean, it was it was it wasn't much of. I mean, it was there were some close games. It was come from, come from behind wins, but you went in five. It's it's tough to say it was it wasn't much it was not say maybe it was pure domination but they handled business handled business yeah yeah like we handled the Diamondbacks pretty well but they made it close in some of the games I mean they're they're um, a good team they're yeah, hot but team. you guys better team we 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 definitely handled mm-hmm. it but I think the teams shouldn't realize that that, ex- that championship experience the player experience has a lot of very valuable um, aspects to it so I think that Breslau I think Chris Young has started it you always see this with teams you know they a team wins. And then everyone wants to copy what they did. The Astros and the Cubs win in 16 and 17 by complete tank and then farm system. And then you see teams trying to Orioles. do that kind of what the <laughs> Orioles did and what kind of the Rangers have and what mm-hmm. the Reds are kind of doing over yeah, in the Cincinnati. Yeah, the Reds too. Yep, yep. So, and now I think everyone's starting to see, it's just how can you gain an edge? What are the winners doing and how can we copy what they're doing? And I think one of the things that was the winners doing is hiring a, a guy that is very intelligent and also, I think, an Ivy League guy. Because Breslow, I think, went to Yale, and obviously you want smart, you want smart people yeah, that are making those decisions. You don't want just like some... Chris Young is a Princeton guy, so I mean, you want baseball people, but you also want some intelligence. I'm not saying you have to be Ivy League school to be a GM. There have been some great ones that were not Ivy League guys, but there's, I think, it could be the start of a potential trend for teams that are looking for GMs who are maybe some former players that were. You don't have to be. I mean, Chris Young was a really good pitcher. You know, you don't have to be a great player, but did you play for maybe for a long time? I mean, obviously, Chris Young played long enough to have played with Bruce Bochy for a year, and that gave him the idea to, hey, bring Bochy in. So, Red Sox, uh, they also signed Giolito. Yeah, Giolito, which I think is, I've, I mean, worst case scenario, he sucks like he has been the last year, and then, what, <coughs> one year, maybe two, he's been kind of amped. But... Yeah. So, the thing about Giolito is that he's just inconsistent, but when he has a good outing, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I also and say, we saw it the second time we faced him in Cleveland. He's also not, the thing about Giolito, you got to realize is that, He's a he's not a strikeout pitcher all the time. There's some some out sometimes he is, but some some outings he is very ground ball oriented. Right. And you need a good defense. Like yeah. You need to have guys who can actually like like I Texas. Know, I think them. I think Texas would be perfect sure. for him. Or or I and in Boston has and I'm gonna blank on the guys that are there. Devers. Devers. They got some obviously, guys there. they I mean they're they're not bad, but I think that G Little it's a change of scenery. It's a what the Rangers did. They made a career of doing with Mike Miner, then Lance Lynn, then Kyle Gibson. Then you can argue with Heaney. And um, Gray, almost, of just, like, signing veteran guys and just that maybe didn't realize their full potential where they were and can realize it. I mean, Gilita was good, but... He, he has so much more potential. I, I've always felt like he was... Um, Do you think it could have been a product of the toxic environment this year? Of course. Year, at least uh, okay, this okay. Year? So, 
I can point to one person for that. Um, besides, I'm just Reinsdorf, but I can point to one person as an example of that Dylan sees, right? Last year, he was second in Cy Young voting. Second in Cy Young voting behind Verlander. He would have won it in most years. Verlander had a sub-two ERA. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, you, no one was beating him that year. The next year, sees has an awful, awful year. I mean, he, his standards, right? He had three six ERA this year, three Similar seven ERA. Yeah, yeah. He had some, you know, serious issues going on. It's not coincidence that White Sox pitchers are having issues. I think I think Ethan Katz is having some issues as pitching coach. I'm a little worried about him. I liked him for a while, um, and I think it gets deeper than that. But point is, the the culture is terrible, and yeah. the culture is just toxic. And when you guys like Tim Anderson acting out and whatever, all these guys that were leaders of the clubhouse, I think it's led itself to guys who should be better. Not performing to their level, and Giolito is a, in my opinion, textbook example. He was supposed to be our number two pitcher, maybe number three if you count Kopech. Kopech has had some issues too. Yeah, you I mean, know, these guys have so much potential. I would love to see Kopech somewhere else. I'm, honestly, I, I know I want to see these guys develop for my team, but they have so much potential. Giolito, him, sees, you know, those are three guys that I could name off the top of my head that many teams would love to have on their rosters as as potential. You mm-hmm. know, Kopech guys is, in rotation. is is nasty. The problem is he has that injury bug. He just cannot seem to shake. The problems, um, it just his arm seems to fail him, which is very unfortunate. And I, one of my favorite players on your team is I know I don't think he plays this year because of Tommy John, but Garrett Crochet, he's he's nasty. You get a lefty that throws that hard. I mean, it's just it's it, he feels like it's, it's a Chris Sale, but for a reliever. Unless you guys Disgusting. are planning on starting him, which I think would be bad. But no. people always, and I think I think a lot of other sports fans because coordinators and coaches matter a lot in football. I think coaches matter in football more than any other sport. Not not you know saying that they don't matter in other sports. But I think people always rank baseball as like, well, they don't really matter. I'm like, well, you. I think in the modern age, we're starting to see like, man, I think we have the best pitching coach in baseball. Mm-hmm. And you look at our pitching staff. I mean, wherever Mike Maddox goes, the pitching staff gets better. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can say, well, they brought in new pitchers. But yes, but look at some of the guys he had in 2010-11 with us. C.J. Wilson, Colby mm-hmm. Lewis, Derek Holland, Alexi Ogando, Matt Harrison, all were good. But they all, I think, I think believe they all had their best years. With Mike Maddox as the pitching coach, it matters so, so much. It so really, it, it really it, does. I think people forget that the pitching and hitting coaches. I think they matter more in the development of players than the manager does. But the manager matters more in the culture. It's the Rangers have it. Do I think the Rangers do it best? Bochi establishes the culture, handles the in-game stuff, and the court and the hitting coaches and, and pitching coaches. You know, Donnie Ecker and Tim Hires on the hitting side, and Mike Maddox on the pitching side. They handle the you know prepare you know the preparation. They have meetings. You know. I know the I know Maddox sits in with the catchers for their for their meeting on how we're going to attack these hitters, and you know hitters how we're going to attack this guy, and then if they bring in this guy and this guy, and then but once the game starts, the pitching coaches can you know the other coaches can give input, but it's Bochy's team, and um, I think they do matter. And unfortunately, we've seen with White Sox, it just hasn't hasn't worked out as as, as well as you. No, like. I mean it's just it is what it is. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but listen, I mean. I don't want to rebuild again, but we're at that point. So we're gonna sell to. our guys. Let's let's get them to teams that can use them. The Reds signed Frankie Montas. Um, I mean, change of scenery. They need pitching. They just need somebody that can be there. And they have such a good hitting core. Yeah, such a good hitting core. Young core. And they such a good hitting core. And they just don't have. Oh wow. Yeah, Watt's been ruled out mm-hmm. in the game. Um, such a good hitting core, and then they just don't have any pitching right now. I mean, they have Hunter Green and Lodolo, and those guys are really good, but they need some more stability, I think, when it comes to their pitching staff, and I think that Montas has the ability to provide that. Yes, I agree. 
I want to get to one more baseball thing before we kick it to football. And I want to ask you guys, I know we've talked about this, but we're going to, I think we're going to have this debate each time just to rehash it. We have it with you, though. The Hall of Fame ballot. So I'm a big Hall guy. I always have been. I'll keep saying it. I believe that on a lot of 50-50 cases, I'm more willing to let guys in and keep them out because not only do I view the Hall of Fame as a, you know, a great accomplishment and the elite of the elite, the top 1%, but I also look at it as it's a place to celebrate history. And so the more players you can put in there, I think it can be for the better. Obviously, there can be guys that are not Hall of Fame worthy. There's not really anybody I would look at in the Hall of Fame currently and say, there is no way you can argue they are a Hall of Famer, but there are guys that I can argue that should be. Mm-hmm. So there's guys on the ballot. I have been going on a press tirade on the two idiots that did not vote for Adrian Beltre, and that was um, <laughs> B- Bill I, Bill Bio, Bill Bilo, B-A-L-L-O-U-W, Everyone that listens to this, go tweet at him, DM him if you can. <laughs> Ruin this guy's life. He writes for some <coughs> rink-a-dink newspaper in Boston, and he claims he only votes for the elite of the elite. Oh, okay? yeah. Beltre o- wasn't, only, right? Only the elite of the elite. You know where his two votes were? Tell us. You, you, you ready? He's a Boston guy, so remember this. Tell us. He, he voted for Manny Ramirez <laughs> and Alex Rodriguez. Now, if, if you're willing to overlook PEDs, A-Rod is the best guy on the ballot. Sure, agreed. But, I mean, there's no, 100%, there's, there's agreed. no doubt. Manny Ramirez, really? There's, I mean, if you want to vote for a guy for bias, I have no problem he with that, honestly. Also. Because, but his was more at the end of his career than it was. Not fair, but it still counts. We're talking still about, about legacy, right? Yeah, it still counts. I think I'm a PD guy. Let let them in. I, I have to keep I have him too. out. But Manny Ramirez, he couldn't field. <laughs> Put me in left field. I could do better than Manny Ramirez could. He I was agree. awful. You're gonna vote for the elite of the elite. He's not the elite of the elite. Elite hitter. Arguably the best right-hand hitter in baseball for a, a good stretch there, mm-hmm. or one of the best. But no, he's not the elite of the elite. And if you want to vote for someone biased, there was a, a Philadelphia writer who voted for like Beltran and a couple other guys, and voted for Rollins and Utley. I got no problem with that because you're a Philadelphia guy. You knew these guys. Um, Evan Grant voted for Michael Young. Mm-hmm. I think Utley deserves because the vote too. I don't think that's crazy. Utley, I think, is is worthy of potential Hall of Fame. Rollins yeah. does not look at the numbers. Agreed, agreed, agreed. His career OPS. It, his career OPS plus is 95, <laughs> which is less than league average. And I think the yeah, one less. that made me laugh was on MLB Network. They had Ruben Amaro, who was the former Phillies GM, talking about how, hey, Rollins has some very comparable numbers to Barry Larkin. And I went, interesting. Really? <laughs> Larkin? That's interesting. I, I didn't I didn't know that because Larkin's a Hall of Fame. And I know he's one of the, some people say, could be a bit of a weaker case. Sure. And then they looked at the numbers. And I went, oh, well, he is kind of close. But I went... But they didn't show, and here's the, here's the numbers they didn't show. They didn't show batting average, OBP, slugging, or OPS. What? <laughs> you know why? Because Larkin clean sweeps. Of it's course. awful. It's bad. I mean, Rollins, Rollins isn't, is, is, I mean, to me, if Rollins is holier than Ian Kinsler's a Hall of Famer, I mean, let's just <laughs> let a lot of guys in there. <clears throat> Rollins is one of those guys that Smee's going to be on the ballot for a few years and then eventually fall off. I agree. And he may stay on for 10 years. That's possible, and he just doesn't get in. He's not a Hall of Famer. But if you want to vote for him because it's a biased thing, I've got no problem with, you know, I'm a r- local writer of this team. I love this player so much. Sure, my sure. favorites. I want to vote for him. No problem. But clear, <laughs> and it's funny, so the guy, he was talking about his ballot and who he had voted for in the past. And this may be a hot take, and I don't care because I, I have numbers to back it up. He, one of the guys he voted for, he voted for guys like David Ortiz. Okay, the greatest DH of all time. I mean, we could argue Edgar, but it's sure. it's it's Big Poppy. There's I'm not. I don't think anyone would really no, no, try to debate fair, you on fair. that. Um, another one he voted for was Rivera. 
he was the, he was one of the guys that was considering not voting for Rivera. If, if you remember that Boston writer, this is this is the guy, <laughs> and he, he eventually did because no one in the right mind would not vote for Mariano Rivera. But one of the guys he voted for was Derek Jeter, and I went, hmm, Jeter was a really good player. And oh, was, I, I, I is one of the best this. offensive shortstops in baseball, but he's not a better player overall than Beltre, and I'll die on that hill. They both have three thousand hits. Now Beltre has more Beltre, so they so they both are very comparable in the hit in the hits in the batting average department, I believe. Jeter might be higher because Beltre had a bit of a decline because of his legs. His legs just his hamstrings failed him. Well, going down on your knee every time you hit a home run doesn't help. <laughs> Beltre sweeps him in power numbers. People don't realize this, and I think it's because G- Jeter has probably in the last thirty years, probably three or four of the greatest defensive plays of the last thirty years. He's not a good defender, right? He his jump throws and him diving into the stands at Yankee Stadium in 04 and the one everyone likes to use, the flip play to 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 snag Jeremy Giambi. Let me let me list you some numbers. Derek Jeter is statistically speaking, and I feel like a huge nerd when I say that, by the way. Statistically speaking, <laughs> one of the worst, if not yeah. the worst fielder in baseball history. Mm-hmm. And if you want some numbers, I got them. So they'd started doing defensive runs saved in 2003. Okay, so he missed 95 to 02. So he missed that. He's still, with only the, the years he missed, he's still at negative 165. Mm. That means in his career, Derek Jeter cost his team 165 runs at shortstop. Okay, you want to go, well, what about the other years they missed? Maybe he was so much more positive. Okay, well, let's entertain that idea. The other rating that they use for guys that were not defensive runs saved is, and this is off baseball reference, is RTOT, which is total zone rating. So it's the same scale as defensive run saved. It's going to be different, but it's kind of what you use for the older guys to try to compare fielders because, well, fielding percentage is all you have after that pretty much. His is negative 186. <laughs> so you don't have that number. You have Oof. no numbers. Um, I believe the only positive year defensive run saved he had, it was one oh nine with at shortstop was three. After that, it's negative six. This is his next highest in, in 2013. And then negative nine in 2010, and every other year is double digits in the negative. He's statistically one of the worst fielders of all time. Cool, he had a couple highlight plays. He was awful defensively, <laughs> just putrid. The numbers, you, there is no debating the numbers. And you compare, and his war was 71.3, which is a really good war. Beltre's is 93.8, somewhere in there. Beltre, I'll, I'll look at Beltre's, because I, I, I should have, I, I, I wish I could memorize this. It's 93.5. 477, 477 bombs, 26 for a batting average, 3,100 hits. The big one is is the fielding, right? Well, um, what, what's his defensive run say? Remember, his career started in 98 with the Dodgers, and so he doesn't have 98 to 02. Starting in 03, he had 25, by the way, yeah. at, at third base, just for reference. It's 201. Wow. He was worth 201 runs at third Great base defender, for, his, for his team. I mean, that's—and it's, that's just and his, and his total zone is 168. So— Like Josh Young. It's it's astounding how much better defensively. I and mean, you're gonna vote for the elite of the elite. You're gonna and you're gonna include Jeter. Cool, he won rings. Rings only matter for really one position in sports. And you know what that is? It's called quarterback. Quarterback. That's it. It's the only, that's the only position that court that rings kind of do matter. In baseball, well, NBA players in general. In in baseball, no, they they. I mean, NBA players they can. There you can you can argue rings because of you know, the Jordan and LeBron stuff. But hockey, not really. Right. Baseball, you can't because of the. Your best players bat one every, you know, one every nine times. Trust me, the playoffs one time in his career. I mean, Ernie Banks is one of the greatest players of all time. Never, never went to World Series. Barry Bonds never won a World Series. 
Barry Bonds barely made the playoffs. There were some years where they yeah. do. I mean, he know. went he went in 2 against the against the Angels, and if Dusty Baker hadn't Dusty Baker in Game Six and pulled Russ Ortiz, maybe they would have won. But <laughs> he Dusty Bakered the entire game, and they lost. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to see the if you guys would say you know Hall of Fame or not Hall of Famer. Sure. And again, I I actually think there's 11 guys I'd vote for in this ballot, so I not only get 10. There are there are a lot of solid. Bobby Abreu is one of those guys. And I'm not going to list everybody because we've done this, but just mm-hmm. the notable ones. Bobby Abreu has better numbers, you may think, mm-hmm. but no. He's just he's not there. Agreed. Beltre is yes. a yes. Beltron is a yes. The, the scandal, I look at if you did cheat, did it truly affect your entire career? He did not cheat during his entire career. I think he deserves to be left off for a couple years just to kind of serve a sentence almost, and then you let him in. He's all I, I agree. Chase, I assume you yeah. know what you do. Carlos Beltran, 100%. Um, Mark Burley, Bartolo Colon. They'd be fun. Dude, Burley's my favorite pitcher of all time. I don't think I'll get him, but I love him, and I wish he did. I, I would vote for him in a heartbeat. He's my guy, but I, no. Colon and, and Jamie Moyer are the two guys that I do say they're compilers. I don't like that term. I think that it, it penalizes guys that were able to play a long time. Like, Nolan Ryan was not a compiler. No. He was still dominant late in his career. No, certain guys are, though. But Moyer and Cologne were, were, were compilers because of how long they played. They weren't as effective towards the end of their careers. I'm happy Burley's... On the ballot, yeah, that that makes me happy. And he was he was a good pitcher, but just he just doesn't have it. Hall, he's he to me for White years. Sox Hall of Famer. Has, he's been what you say? White Sox Hall of Famer. He's been a Hall of Very Good guy to me since I've thought about it. You know, for years, I, he's right there. But no, he probably won't get in. It yeah. sucks. Adrian Gonzalez is the kind of same thing. He's a great player, but just I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He was so good, but no, he's just, all very and, good. And and MLB Network tried to make the case, and I'm like, look, no. you can try. He's just he's just he's close. He's just not there. Um, Todd Helton is Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I my the argument this is great hitter. This is why I want to get on MLB Network so bad. I think <laughs> I, I believe I could debate those guys and win. You wanted to say Coors Field, okay? Should we penalize left-handed hitters, a Yankees that that played for the Yankees? <laughs> yeah, exactly, I go with you. Should we penalize guys that played in bigger ballparks, like you know the Giants? Should, should we penalize Giants pitchers because their ballpark's huge? Oracle, you know, not Oracle Park. Sorry, is, is, is it? It's not Team. It's Team of Seattle. What's the what was is is is, is it still oh. Oracle? Because I, I, I think it is Oracle. Because it, it used is. to be AT and T. It is Oracle. It's it Oracle. Oracle Park with San Francisco, beautiful ballpark, beautiful ballpark. Yeah. But should we penalize pitchers that play there? Because well, they you know the, it's 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 definitely a lot more pitcher friendly. Yeah, should we penalize pitchers that play? You know, should we penalize guys? That, I mean. What what should right. we should we give in Boston I guess <laughs> yeah in Boston should we should we give guys bonuses if they weren't that should we give Manny a pass because he had to play with the Green Monster or if you want to you cannot use Coors Field to keep Rockies players out I, I agree I agree and then not use ballparks for other guys I mean in Texas our hitters had an advantage in the Texas air and the fact that we it was always hitter friendly so what so are you gonna I mean there really that's what frustrates me is that. If you want to start using ballparks, you cannot use Coors Field to knock Rockies guys. Well, it's even more complicated with Rockies pitchers too. Yeah, because you, you know what Rockies do you do pitchers? about that? Their ERAs are inherently inflated, so do not let a guy in who's what. Let's say a guy's actually a stud, like an absolute stud. Let's say you balled him in has worked out. Sure, <laughs> and his ERA is you know sub three, but there it's like this amazing ERA, like like genuinely whatever it is, whatever yeah, that number is. It's do you keep him out because he is comparatively a higher area than these other guys who you know it's, well, it's tough. And, and that's what I'm going to use for Andy Pettit actually coming later. Um, but Helton's a Hall of Famer. That's Hall of Famer. He is to me. Uh, Matt Holiday, Hall of Very Good. Well, I think he's I think he's a Hall of Famer, but it's close. I think I wouldn't. I, him and Torrey Hunter are kind of in the same thing. They're both fan favorites. They might get in. Good but players, they're not, but they but might not be. It. I would not personally give them a vote. Fine. Andrew Jones, his peak was so good. 
his peak as a player is arguably the greatest defensive center fielder of all time. I think he's Hall of Famer. Although Willie Mays may have something to say about that to people that say that. <laughs> but he was a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. But his drop-off was so bad that it, it does hinder his case. Of I'm willing to put him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maurer is a yes for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the best catchers ever. Because yes. he, he, he maintained being a good fielder at first base and catcher, and he was a great player. Um, Brandon Phillips, great no. guy. No. no. God, no. Manny Ramirez, I vote for Manny. I would vote too. Because if— and Not I, over, and, not for Beltre. And the argument, <laughs> and my, my dad tried to be like, well, I don't know, Brady. He was such a bad fielder. I went, yes. But you know who else is in the Hall of Fame? And I know he's not, but Ozzie Smith and like guys, him like Brooks Robinson. Brooks Robinson wasn't an awful hitter for his era, but comparatively, his betting average is like 269 for a career. So by modern standards, for the era, it's solid. And you have to, you have to weigh guys in their eras. I understand that. I am, I am weighing guys in the era. But Ozzie Smith is a more modern-day player. I think his career OPS plus is like 87, but he's in the Hall of Fame for his glove. So if we're going to vote in guys for being such a great defensive player and a bad offensive player, but they're such a great one on the defense side of things that they're a Hall of Famer, shouldn't the opposite be true for offensive of guys? I mean, if guys are hitting bombs and they're just so terrible it's, it's the same argument I used for Sheffield. Him and Sheffield were both such a—they were awful fielders. They're, I mean, they will make you barf. But they were such good hitters that I think that the you know the the you know opposite of being a great fielder, being a great hitter, and being an awful fielder. I think you that you can vote those guys in. Mm-hmm. But I think Sheffield's in too. I mean, with Manny, Kyle Schwarber. Obviously, I don't think he's gonna end up being a Hall of Famer, but it's the, it's the Schwarber thing, yeah. But it's interesting, right? Because like he's an awful fielder, but like the guy wins you games. Like consistently, him and each, they they did a thing. It was one of Ichiro's like really good years. He they have the same OPS plus, but <laughs> the just completely different numbers. <laughs> Fifty yeah. home runs to five. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Pettit is a guy that I don't understand why he doesn't get more love because his numbers are very comparable to Mike Messina, who got in. And Pe- people want to point to Pettit's ERA is like I think it's three point seven four, and I want to go okay because it was the same argument he used against Jack Morris with the winningest pitcher of the eighties, and he was he it took a veterans community to vote him in, and I go okay yes Pettit's ERA was higher. Look at the era he played in. He played in the steroid era. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you're penalized literally. With the like, era. Yeah. I mean, and, and and I don't think he was never accused of anything. So mm-hmm. we know that he was at a competitive advantage to the guys that were using. And I I think that steroids are kind of witch hunt. And you can name hundred guys that that did take that were never reported, and hundred guys that were reported that never took. Of course, there might be guys that take it now. We don't even know. It, and like it's, it's like guys with like Fred McGriff. He never took. He was this big around. He was, you know, a stick the entire time, and he just mashed. But Pettit's a Hall of Famer, and I, I honestly think Pettit is the first year he's available on a Veterans Committee. He's going to get in, like sweepingly. I, I, I think he's in because I, I, I think I've, he's Hall of Famer. I've always, I've, I mean, I grew up. I saw the end of his career. He was. It frustrates me that more people don't vote him in. I think because it's just give me an argument as to why. Was well, ERA cool? He played in a certain era where guys ERA were comparatively higher than others. Mm-hmm. Um, a Rod. Yes. I think he should get in. Like, I know. I know. PEDs, but he but might not. <laughs> I, I think so. He Maybe we'll say the PED argument for later, just because we can have we have more time. Not the best person, but um, <laughs> he's a good. Ed. Francisco Rodriguez has the 400 saves. K Rod had a really bad decline, but I think if you if you're gonna put in relievers, put him in. He's the second one on this ballot. You got to put in behind mm-hmm. the guy coming up later. Sheffield, we've talked about him. We talked about Rollins, James Shields. <laughs> no, stop it. Hey, Brandon Tatis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Chase Utley. Yes. This Viskel falls in a weird category for me. The whole character clause frustrates me because if you and this is the argument I want to use against guys like Tom Verducci on the network, if you're gonna say, "Well, I'm not gonna vote in a guy because he's kind of an a-hole," okay, I understand that. Or, or if you want to vote in guys because well, cheating steroids are are bad character, and we're not gonna vote those guys. Okay, 
Do you know that I think all the steroid guys combined, and they compromised baseball. There was one man that I think did more to compromise baseball than all those guys put together. His name was Cap Anson, one of the, the, one of the first baseball stars in the 1800s. I think, I think you've heard this story before. <laughs> I'm just going to rehash yeah, it if someone knew. And Cap Anson is the guy that instituted the Gentleman's Agreement that banned African-Americans from playing baseball. He was the guy. Uh, okay. But he's in the Hall of Fame. And I believe rightfully so because he was a Hall of Fame player and one of the earliest stars that really helped put baseball on the map and make it a, sure. you know, a, a national game. But if you're going to sit there and claim character integrity clause to me and not actively campaign for him to be removed and for Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis, the first commissioner, he did a lot of good for baseball, but he did a lot of bad, like keeping black players out the entire season. I mean, he dies, and <laughs> legitimately right after, Brad Tricky brings in Robinson <laughs> because he wouldn't allow them to be in. He would. He, he would. Uh-huh. If you are not actively campaigning for those two guys to practically be stricken from every record book, and and the Hall of Fame and and all of that, and shut up. And you don't you don't care about the integrity. You don't like that this guy gave you a bad interview one time, or that these guys cheated. And at the time, you didn't say anything when they were cheating. The guy that found the bottle of steroids in Mark McGuire's locker in '98 was vilified. The writer was. He found a bottle of androstenedione dye on his locker. He was vilified for finding that, for finding steroids. The commissioner knew it, and they went, "Well, baseball is really good. Who cares?" But we care now. McGuire, Sosa, put him in the Hall of Fame. They're Hall of Fame players. But you're not going to put them in because it's easier to say it's you want to love it when it's happening and then hate it when it's over. So I mean, that way you can look you can look morally good. I mean, I feel the same way about Barry Bonds, but <laughs> Bonds, Clemens, let them all in. I, it, it it frustrates me that that these guys are not getting let in the Hall Agreed. of Fame. But Agreed. Um, Billy Wagner, yes. Greatest left reliever of all time. And yep. then David Wright. Oh, this is so tough. And you guys, I, probably, you guys I, probably hate thinking about it. <laughs> I say no. And the reason I say no is he had all the talent in the world and was a great guy. Good dude. But Jones had a really good peak and was probably the best center fielder in baseball at that time. I cannot think of someone that was better that immediately springs to mind. But when you look at Wright, he was really good, but he was almost from the start almost like, I mean, what, maybe a few years in, mm-hmm. was already getting injured. And I think that is where I am with David Wright is you, if you want to, if a few guys want to vote for him, I don't think he'll get in. I mean, looking at the numbers, he stopped playing full seasons in 2010. So he had, 2006, 2010, he was one of the best players in baseball. Then right afterwards, just he had so many injuries. And then he started to get healthy again and just, he, and then after 2014. I mean, for that reason right there, I think it should be, I mean, and then he's kind of a player. You, you can't. I don't know if you can put him in. I mean, in the 2014, he's, he's so close. I don't think his WAR is high enough. He doesn't have 2,000 hits. He doesn't have like 300 home runs. He's just he's in the hall of gonna... he's in the hall of. If he'd been allowed to play a full career, there is no doubt he's the first ballot Hall yeah. of Famer. It's kind of wild. I think Mike Trout might be in a similar trajectory. A better player, obviously, but I think Trout. Will, I think Trout will get in on his reputation. And I, I think I think he played longer, better than Wright did, but. No, no, that's, um, that's totally reasonable. Wait anyway, to move to football, um, we won't recap every single game from last week, but we'll recap the main one that we I think we, unless there's one that you really want to talk about, no. um, and that's Cowboys Lions. Cowboys played well, tried to piss it away down the down the stretch. I mean, Mike McCarthy, what are you doing throwing the ball three times? Um, well, you know, hey, we 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 won, so I'm I'm oh, happy oh, with oh, that. Hold on a minute, because I know you're smiling right now. But everybody, you know, all these Lions fans are, are Cowboys haters saying that, you know, refs won the Cowboys the game. Okay. They're not. They did not. Okay. A missed tripping call on Hutchinson, which would have made it, what, second in inches. First down ends the game. Lions don't even touch the ball after okay. that. 
Then, yes, Decker did report, but they didn't announce that he reported. That's on them, though. That's yeah, exactly. That's on the refs. I'm it's not blaming on, the Lions for that. That's that's that's. It's, oh, I, I I think. I but think, you don't think the Cowboys and Jordan? I think it was Jordan Lewis after the game who was talking about. Well, if they would have announced Decker as eligible, we would have actually looked at him. You're not going to look at a left tackle and be like, oh, okay, let's guard him even though he's not eligible. If if you watch this, and this is the argument I tried to have with, um, it's easier to debate it's with Seth. I tried to debate this with him, and of course, I realized there was no changing his mind, so I just kind of, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure you're right. And then now I have more information. Look, the ref screwed up. It's one of the biggest screw ups, I think, ever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, it's one of the worst looks for the NFL ever. There's no debate about Agreed. that. But I think there are multiple times where there are things I could point to that say, okay, this singular action did not lose you the game. No. Never, it never number, happens that way. First number, off, they could have kicked the okay, extra that point. Never, it, I just have a strong take. Uh, not to interrupt you, I just have a strong take that there's never one thing. And I'm, I'm saying as a Saints fan that yeah. lost on a the worst no call in history, that that one decision still did not lose. Get over not lose the, I know, trust me, I know. I'm, I'm saying yeah. there's never one action that loses a team a game. The Dez, outright. The Dez no catch. It's fourth and run. Fourth. It is fourth and one run the ball with DeMarco Murray. <laughs> 1,800 yards, that offensive line, and you pass a deep shot to Des Bryant, and then the defense could have stopped them in the in the, we get to like four-something minutes left. Yep, yep. yep. The defense didn't do There's anything. There's always so, other plays. There's always other plays. And, and that's especially with this Lions-Cowboy game. There's still 23 seconds and a timeout for the Cowboys. Anyone and that, down one. Anyone that's <laughs> played football can say, look, there's never one thing. The coach has always said, you know, guys, we never want to hear you say we lost because of the refs. We lost because of this player, that play. We'll show you twenty. More, we'll show you fifteen more. That if this guy done his job, it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. Um. The so the no tripping call. The fact that it's what the two point conversion from the eight yard line, and, and you continue go go, to go for it out of just stubbornness. Yeah. And then you do it again. I mean, it's frustrating to to think that you're blaming this one loss in in on on, on this one play, and the refs made a huge mess, screw up, but. I figured out who that they called seventy before it was announced because when we're when we when I, was watching, I was watching my grandparents, and we ran it back to that play after the game, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Look at that!" And Damone Clark was pointing at seventy skipper and was saying something to Marquise Bell, and Bell was like nodding and gave him, gave him like a thumbs up. And watch Bell on that play. Bell stays at the line of scrimmage, practically like on 70 almost. Mm -hmm. So he's not like right on him, but he's clearly like watching. He looks at him and and realizes he's not moving. So he looks at the, you know, he, and, then, and so then he looks at golf to see what's happening, but he's keeping an eye. He didn't drop back. He stayed up where 70 was to follow him. So in my eyes, watching as, I want to say a, 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 an educated fan, Clark told Bell, you guard 70. I'm going to go yeah. this. I'm going to go to the left here. You take 70. Yeah. And Bell said, I got him. Because Bell never drops back in coverage, and you know, yes, it's a bad call, and I know it's it's. I don't say it's almost victim blaming to say this, but it it almost is to say, well, if the Cowboys had, if you know, we well, we would have covered Decker. Well, if you go back to the play, the play was it's the play was covered. To, yeah, to that guy, and so I think if we we would have covered Deck, I think we would have covered Decker. But now you're dealing on a what if, and I hate dealing on what ifs yeah. because you're you, maybe we just sure, sure. maybe he puts a move on him, maybe he mosses a corner. I mean, Taylor Decker's a big guy. I think he could moss Jordan Lewis. Maybe it's possible. No, but he's not going to. He's an offensive lineman. He's not going to, but he's tall. He has a shot. I'm just saying it's. It, it, There's it, a lot it, of things you can look at that game. Yeah, I'm not blaming on that. It's, I mean, yeah, the refs made a bad decision, but 
I, mean, I, I still think Cowboys hit, deserve to win that game. At the end of the day, history is going to look back and see actually, the Cowboys won. Actually, <clears throat> I think we should have lost because of the McCarthy. Um, like I remember when they got the two-point conversion, when they were lining it up, and when Decker, I was about to start punching stuff because I'm like, McCarthy lost this game. It is on nobody else but Mike McCarthy. Everybody else played really well. Defense played very, very well. And it's on McCarthy for that awful stretch of play calling towards the end. Mm-hmm. So... It feels like our offense has gone back to what we were doing the first five weeks that sucked, and we haven't done what we did in the middle of the season, what was winning. Anyway, um, Steelers-Ravens, I don't know what the score is, but I assume we all said Steelers. Steelers I mean, are winning this. Yeah, I had Steelers. So we also, we also, we're going to have Jordan give his picks as well. Um, so we all said Steelers, Steelers have 17-7 with 45 so, seconds left. It uh, looks to be over. Which is big for them because they had to win to— um, Have a chance. I don't, I don't, yeah, just to have a chance. They don't even I don't, show the destiny. Yeah, I, I don't know what no, happens. they but, don't. Um, Texans, Colts. I'm taking Colts. I had Texans. It's, going Texans. To, it's a toss up, man. I'm There's going, no right answer. I'm going Colts at pretty much it, it, it's the home team advantage. I'm going right. with that. I, I, I just don't think the Texans are ready. I, just I, I think Stroud's going to show up. I, listen, it's going to be a close game. I, I think the, the Colts can win the game. I, this, this may sound like an idiot. I thought Stroud was hurt. He's back. He's, He's back. back. I'm still going Colts. Okay. I'm stubborn. Cowboys, Commanders. I think we all know who we're all going. Yep. Hey, but look, I've been saying this, and Jordan knows. <laughs> I know. Don't overreact. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm but if you're not a Cowboys fan, you don't remember what happened no, no, last right, year versus right. Sam Howell, Week 18 in Washington. You're well, right. I actually have a good excuse because I don't. Remember, I don't remember much of that game. The reason why I don't remember much of that game, I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone that knows me knows that Brady does not fall asleep during any football game, even if it's not even his own teams. I fell asleep during a Cowboys game because it was that boring. Yeah. It was that awful. Bad. Thought, but- Dak is playing, you know, an MVP level. It wasn't back. It wasn't last year. It's a different team. I think the difference is that year. If we'd have won and the Eagles had won, if we we needed to lose, it didn't matter. So we had to win it, and the Eagles had to lose. They were trying to get the playoffs. Right now, we it's more control. We control our destiny. We win. We're in. We don't care what Philly. Cowboys should win this game. Cowboys should win this game. Bottom line. Yeah. Buccaneers at Panthers. Bucks, but it sucks because I need the Panthers to win. But I have Bucks. Buccaneers. Um, Browns at Bengals. Uh, it's, it's two teams that don't care about this game. I have Browns just because I'm going to go team. Bengals. I'm going Browns for Fine. the flip a coin. Browns because I want them. I'm going Bengals because the Browns aren't playing anyone. Flip a coin. Vikings at Lions. I'm going Lions. And the reason I'm going Lions, I think they're so stubborn. I already, I already chose Lions. Sorry. I think there's, I, I honestly think they may play some of their starters. Just Lions. Just, just to stick it to the NFL. Vikings are also just not a good team right now. They they're don't not. have a quarterback. Yeah. They don't know how to execute their offense. They're hurt. There's no one to get the ball to. Like, Jettas is the only guy on their team yeah. that... Hey, Hawks out, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and, so Jettas is the only yeah, guy on their team, and they don't have a quarterback. Jets at Patriots. I'm going Jets. Patriots. And the reason I'm going Patriots is this could be Bill Belichick's last game. And Fine. I think it is the most poetic justice for <laughs> Bill Belichick to beat the Jets in his final game in New England. I'm going with the Jets. Zappy's not ready for that. I have defense. Jets. I just think that they're playing better right now, but it's, it, it's toss-up also. Mine is mostly storyline. Fine. Most, I mean, I think I, I think Bill is gonna tell them, guys, I could be leaving. Please, let me kick the crap out of the Jets one more time before I leave New England because yeah. he's been notorious for that. Yeah. Obviously, set in motion after the infamous writing his resignation on a napkin. Um, Falcons at Saints. I'm going Saints. So I'm going Saints. We've been playing great football. The Falcons have not been playing great football. I have. So I'm a Saints fan. Just so those of yeah. you guys don't the, know, the, the more it's more of the Falcons are playing horrendous football. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the Saints. I don't trust Arthur Smith. I mean, he's, he's committed I, football mal. mal- no, I mean he's the he's the worst. I, yeah. I also, which by the way, someone asked me today if I'd be happy if he got fired or sad, and I had to think about that actually because it's actually a conundrum for me. Do I want to see them fail for another year, or do I want to see them use their weapons properly in their offense? 
the football fan of me says, fire the hell out of him. The Saints fan of me says, please keep him. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of how I felt about Dan Snyder. Oh, man. Like, it's a little fan. I want him out of the one of the Atlanta League. But uh, of course. As, a, as a Cowboys fan, I'm like, no, keep him. He's been keeping them bad. Yeah. I, I, I currently, you know, I've, I kind of enjoyed his ownership tenure. Give me the Saints. No, yeah. I'll, say, I'll, just, I'll just say, I, I have the Saints winning this game. I, I want to clarify that it doesn't matter if we win outright. If the Bucks win. Well, right. not just that. There's a, there's a two scenarios. So to, for the division, Bucks have to lose to the Panthers. We have to win. If we win, is the only that's the only way we get into the playoffs. The other scenario is that we have to win. The Bears have to beat the Packers, which we can talk about in a moment. I have the Bears winning that game, not just because I'm biased, but I, I genuinely believe they should win that game. Um, and then the Cardinals have to beat the Seahawks, which both seem plausible. It's not impossible, but odds are we're not making it. You're not. You're not banking on it. To no, ba- no. To no, backtrack no, no, no. to the Steelers scenarios, it just got released what they need to do. So then the Jaguars. Did, did they win? They won officially. Yeah. So the Jaguars. The Steelers need the Jaguars to lose to the Titans or tie. They need the Bills to lose to the Dolphins or the Colts and Texans game to end in a tie. One of those three things happens, they're in. Jags at Titans. I'm going I'm going Jags because I think the Jags are just, I think they're going to get to the playoffs and I think they want to control their destiny. I trust Doug Peterson in the big moment. I trust Lawrence in the big moment. And with Christian Kirk back, I, I trust them more than, and I know if I, Mike Vrabel may have galvanized his team and, and there's a chance that I don't think he should be fired. I think he's a good coach. He's had a bad roster. And needs an opportunity to get a, a good roster. Jag- I, I, have, I have Jaguars. I, I think. Jags. I have Jaguars. I, I, I think. I think the Jags are just a better team right now. The Tex- the Titans are having some serious issues right now. I think they need a reset. Yeah. I yeah. think they'll be better next year. But I'm gonna go with the Jaguars. Christian Kirk is back, so yeah. it's a big. You know, it's a big jump for them. It's a, it's they're you know, also Jaguars the leader of the team. Jags are playing for the playoffs too. Yeah, they're the division. So and if, if they win, they win the division. If they lose, they could be out. If they lose, whoever wins the Texans Colts game, I think it's the division, right? Yeah. Yes, yes but yes. They, I think the Jags have a chance to drop out, especially now that the Steelers won. Yeah. Possible. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals, I'm going Hawks. I, I think that they're fighting for their playoff lives. <sighs> and I think that when we've seen that team, when they fight, they are fighters. I mean, they're and, an amazing And, and they, they can hang with the you know, best teams in the NFL. They hung with us. You're talking about an Arizona team, though, that just went into Philadelphia and won. I think that Both was the coordinator. Did. I think that was the coach more than the players. <laughs> I think that was Gannon, and I think it was just a we're gonna win. We're gonna win one for the yeah. old. You know, but now you come, now you come back to Arizona home versus a division team. You know it's gonna be a good game. It's a division. It's a division game. Who are you going with? I, I'm going with cards personally. Um, who are you going with? Give me Arizona. They helped us out, so I'm gonna help cool. them out. I'm going, right. I'm going with the cards, not just because I'm biased and they have to, they have to win for us to have a chance, really, but I also just believe that this is the type of game where Unless they... Unless it's a game where they just like have to lose for a better draft position, then... Yeah. No, no, I really truly do believe this is a game that they, they could absolutely win at home. I think it's a very reasonable game. Oh, yeah, I think could, but... I think Kyler's been playing a lot better the last few weeks, and personally, I think that their record is not indicative of how good of a team they've been because they haven't had Kyler for so long, yeah. and I think it's a good thing to look at, so... We know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bears or Packers? Jake Snow's... I have ridden with the Packers the entire year. I did. I was not sold on Jordan Love. I've gotten sold on him. I sure. think he's a franchise quarterback. I think their weapons are young. I think they're good. I think they're going to be even better after. I think this offseason, if I was them, I don't, I, don't know what their, I don't know what their cap situation looks like, but if they have it to spend, spend. Yeah. Get playmakers, everyone on the ball. And I don't know the Jair Alexander, if he's like on the team and you can trade him or if he's a free agent. I'm not sure yeah. on that. But if you can trade him for another first round pick, imagine that team with two first round picks. Yeah, I'm go so I'm going Packers. Well, sure. And I agree with everything you just said. Like, and after all that, give me the Bears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I agree with everything as well. And the Packers do have a very promising future. 
obviously one reason we went for the Bears is because of the Saints situation. I'm going to pick them. But I will say I think the Bears have something to prove. They haven't won um, against Green Bay in a while, and there's been a whole like conversation about they need to be able to beat Green Bay to be who they are as a team. And there's a whole right. thing about that. This is a field. This is a this field is Fields future game. This I mean, is a huge test for Fields. Yes. I think he passes. If he doesn't, I would not be surprised. So with the Bears, I want to pivot to this for a second. The Bears have probably the greatest situation any or any team has ever been in the history of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you have back to back years of first first overall picks. Or the quarterback that I think can win. I agree. I think he just needs a good team around him. I agree. I think he's one of those guys. I mean, the Niners won with Colin Kaepernick, who I think was a good quarterback, but not a great one, and in in, in in his better years, that could win when you had Anquan Bolden and mm-hmm. those guys around him and Vernon Davis and a great offensive line of great defense and a great coach and Jim Harbaugh. He's of course the big name right now. Um, I, I think that, you know, Fields is a winner, and I think he can win. And I think you, I think your situation is trade back, get more picks, get more playmakers, and this team could be. And I, I like Matt Eberflus. I think he was he was a great coach with the Cowboys. He's definitely going to stay. He's for sure. actually solid. I he, like him a lot. He, he was a great defensive. He was he was our linebackers coach. Mm-hmm. Sean Lee was here. Mm-hmm. For people that don't know, goes mm-hmm. to the Colts, becomes a great defensive coordinator, and goes to the Bears. And I think that he, you know, he's yeah. You got to give him time with the situation that you put him in. Yeah, and I think he's living up to the expectations. Bears look really good. I yeah, think they're they going to get Marvin Harrison next year. Is my prediction. I think they'll go for him. It'd be nasty. I um, mean, they might trade down to two, but either way, Chiefs at Chargers. Look, I think the Chargers are so bad. I'm going <laughs> I'm to the, Chiefs. the Chiefs every time. I, I'm going. They to lose, Mahomes but... is going to play a quarter, but is that quarter enough to win you the game? Yes. yes. If you score three points, that might also be all you need. The Raiders proved that to you that one quarter. <laughs> I'm not taking the Chargers <laughs> until they prove me wrong, and they're not going to today. Chiefs. Okay, I already marked you down, so I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I assume. Hold on, drop my pin there. Broncos at Raiders. I think the Raiders want. I think they want Pierce, and I think they know the one way to get Antonio Pierce the head coaching job is to continue to win games. I think at home they want to win to try to keep Pierce as their head coach, and the Broncos suck. So give me the Raiders. 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 I'm picking Broncos only because I believe that. I know this is a little biased Payton. also, but I think Sean Payton might outcoach him a little bit. That's all. Yeah, it it's possible. Um, Eagles at Giants. I originally said Eagles. And I'm with you. I'm going I, Giants. And I'm going, going. I'm going Giants. And the reason I'm going Giants is it's hard to beat a team twice in in this close. You are limping into the playoffs. They're losing to the Cardinals. You lost to the Cowboys. It's fair. You lost to the team. They lost to the Seahawks. You just you have gotten your butt kicked. And I think that it's just a team, and I, and I think the Giants want to prove going into the next year that they have a chance to be good again. They were had expectations this year. We did a good job of killing those expectations week one, 40 to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that we just killed their confidence. They couldn't get it back. I think that a win over the Eagles could be a huge confidence boost. I think Dable wants to prove why he should stay. I think it'd be like, a hey, look, free agents may want to come here because we can win. Yeah, Gi- so Giants are healthy Giants. now. I'm going Giants too. Mark me down for that. Um, Giants are healthy now. We're probably wrong. I mean, the, yeah. the, the and, but I was going to say, I'm thinking the Eagles just because I think they're better, but it's not. It's not. Because no, I, oh, I, I agree with everything you guys have said. It's it's totally yeah. fair. It's I'm totally with fair. you. There's no question the Eagles are a better team, but it's been the same narrative every week. Oh, the Eagles need to win this game to get their confidence back. Oh, but they lose. Okay, now the Eagles need to win to get their confidence back. Well, when are they going to win to get their confidence back? The same dilemma you talked about. I don't want Sirianni fired. I want him to stay there for 20 That's years. Fair. <laughs> and the reason is not just because I don't think he's a very good coach. I mean, he went to the Super Bowl. But the reason is not just because he's— I said he was a, a mid-coach. He embodies Philadelphia. 
He does. He has the most punchable <laughs> face so in the history of sports. And, and people, and people said Sean Payton's was. I think this is this and, is worse. And I think that Sirianni as your head coach is great. I think it's great for Philadelphia because if and I think that their problems this year really haven't been him. I think it's the fact that when you get both your coordinators poached, oh my god, it's so obvious. You're you're it's bound to happen. And then you have Matt God awful <laughs> Patricia as your defense court, as your calling plays. Yeah. The fact that he's still in the league is incredible. No wonder, especially after the allegation against well, him. And, and well, and their offense has been putrid because they can't call plays properly. So, so talk about both sides of the ball are having serious issues. And guess who's up for coach of the year? In now, okay. This is just I, I, I don't know, Steichen, I, I I know, don't know I why my brain is lapsing. Steichen. Yeah, they only do it's only I don't know why. It's one coach of the year. It's not yes, AFC it's NFC. One. I'm making sure. I don't know why my brain was cramped <laughs> no up there, worries. but he's a he's, he's a coach of the year candidate. Yeah, he's he's done a great right now. job two, in Indianapolis. Actually, I and I, I think personally I think, if Kevin, he wins, I think if he wins I think personally tomorrow, it's gonna be Kevin Stefanski. If he wins tomorrow, I think he gets it. I think if he loses tomorrow, I think it might go Stefanski. I mean, so that's second place second place tonight. Oh, you're right, it is tonight. My bad, my bad. So I mean I, I don't blame, and then Gannon's done a decent job with the Cardinals. So I don't blame Sirianni. I blame the fact that you got two inept coordinators mm-hmm. and need to rebuild the coordinators tree again. But I want him as the head coach because it's just it makes it easier to hate Philadelphia. Peterson was a sure. nice guy that was hard to hate. I agree, I agree. Uh, unless until he said those things like "We want Dallas" or whatever. I mean, he, he went on a radio show and, and talked some smack. Yeah, I mean, Sirianni, that's then, not then, what you do as a head coach. You don't walk out of the locker room and be like, <laughs> "Screw the Chiefs" or whatever. Like, no head coach we does did that for Frank Reich. Yeah, nobody does Frank that. I don't even remember who you are. <laughs> yeah. Rams at Niners. Rams. Rams. They're playing the best football. Niners are They're playing the best football. Two Rams are locked, right? Right, yeah, but they actually have to play for it in seeding because it's it's. Do you, want, it's, it's do you want to go to play Dallas as the seven, or do you want to? Yes, the seven, or do you, you want? Sure? Yes, or, yes. or no, do, no, it affects or, seeding, but Stafford's not playing. Or do you want to go face Detroit as the six? It's, yeah, it's, it's either one. So it's it's. They'll still be playing. They'll, they'll still, still they'll playing. be playing. To, I mean, they're gonna say it's because they get a higher seed because well, everyone says that, but I think that you'd rather probably who who'd you rather face <sighs> Dallas at home or Detroit at home? Both are tough. I think I. So Pro- I think cur- Dallas. Oh, so I think currently Dallas. I think if Dallas has a great week this week, like a like blowout week, I think it changes. I, I seriously do. I think it's toss up. What are you? Thinking? I'm going with the Rams, but Rams. I mean, whatever. I have, well, I have Rams what you want. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could use a disagreement. Yeah. And then I'll get no, a little no, game no. Here. I'm going Rams. Um, Bills at Dolphins. I think toss jo- up here. I think Josh Allen, and this is for the division. It's Bills. They're both tied. I know, and look, I I think the Dolphins. I think both teams are kind of frauds. But <laughs> I think the Bills are going to charge into Miami and take names and kick butt. And I think it's gonna be the Bills. I'll tell you the Bills. one. I'll tell you the one difference in their teams right now. Both very explosive offenses. Defense. But the one thing right now is that the Bills' defense is coming to play. I like Vic Fangio. I think he's a great coordinator. I think he works so much. I think he's more like Dan Quinn, where the head coach may not be his position. And he's just so great as a coordinator. By the way, if we do my fire McCarthy, I actually do want Dan Quinn. But that's just beside the point. I, yes, I'm a hypocrite. I don't care. Give me Bills. I, 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 have, Bills. I, have, I have Bills, and I'll tell you why. For me, um, I think Josh Allen is still talented. I think the narratives against him at the end of the year were, were one of those like whiplash type things where people went too far. I don't think he's as good as people said he would be the last few years. He's not Mr. January, as uh, as as Roma likes to say. But oh, Seth loves that <laughs> Mr. January. <laughs> but 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 what I will say is I think he's better than Tua, and I do think that right yes. now he's playing better football than Tua. And I don't care if Stephon Diggs gets zero catches. I still think they're a better team currently than the Dolphins are. It is very close. And I could very easily see the Dolphins winning this game, but I, I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, and, and when with this week, week 18, it's you know last week of the season, and we're not counting playoffs as part of our game, which kills me. But um, hey, we made this before the season started. I know, I know, I know. But it's it's been a weird year, I think, and I think the reason it's been a weird year, and I think it plays into why Micah hasn't gotten any calls, is defenses have caught up to the offenses. 
over the last 15 years, offenses have surged ahead and defenses were struggling to catch up. And you'd get, you know, every you know every year you have one or two defenses. You'd have those defenses like the no-fly zone Broncos and Legion of Boom Seahawks. But very rarely did you get just those just suffocating defenses. Very rarely did you get those. And I think that it's because defenses were struggling to catch up. And Dan Quinn's one of the few guys that's actually been able to still have a great defense regardless of the and, and so he's one he was one of the first guys to catch up. I feel like around the league, almost every team is caught up. Yes. In not just strategy, but in player personnel. We have I I I, I and has been doing the draft the last few years. <laughs> There's always been an abundance of edge rushers. I had the same conversation the other day. I'm laughing because this is word for word what I was talking the, about. The, the, pa- the, the pass day. rushers in each draft has grown and just like I remember a guy from this last year was um Yaya Diaby. Mm-hmm. He's up for he, there's consideration for like defensive rookie of the year, I believe, because he's had a great year. I don't even remember where he went. I, th- I think it's Arizona. I want to say I could be wrong about that. I probably am wrong. About I'm probably th- I'm probably thinking of Louisville. I think that's where he went. <laughs> but he's been a guy that's been really good. And he was a you know a guy that I thought was a day three guy. There have been day three guys that have just you know exploded onto the scene. And I think that that is the problem is that there's so many good editors and the offensive line depth is at its all time worst. Or people it, don't want to be offensive linemen. That's that's I think the core. Hey of hey no I'm no, out no now I I have I have most respect for them in the world, I, but people joking, don't want to be offensive linemen. I did. I actually wanted to be a lineman. No, no. I wanted I wanted to be. I I like the protector role versus the aggressor role. It's just me. But that's fair. Um. Well, also the coach said, get over there. So <laughs> there wasn't much arguing. Um, but I like my story better. So I think that just edge rushers have caught up, and I think there's more talent. I mean, Sam Williams, I think, can beat most tackles in, in the NFL. And pay is big, too. And he is a backup. He's a rotational guy. Dorrance Armstrong has, how many times have he beaten guys? And I'm like, man, those are good linemen. Mm-hmm. And he's a good line, but it's just, I think that the offensive line, and so one of the ways the league has tried to combat this is, hey, don't call holding penalties as frequently. Uh-huh. And I think that you're seeing that. That's why people are getting frustrated. And I understand that as an offensive lineman perspective, I kind of like it to a kind of morbid degree because it's like, well, we need every rule. In I think in, in regarding that has you know people say it's going against offenses. Holding is being is being. There's no consistency. People don't know what holding is anymore. I, I mean, we we we, I, I agree. we learned holding is in between, and this is the term we use. So it 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 was in between the tit and the pit. Right here, that that little patch right there is where you're supposed to grab. And so when guys do that and they get called, it ticks me off because I'm like, that's what we're taught. I mean, I was played a year in high school. We were taught to do that. So these guys have probably been learning that since they were in junior high. And you're now changing they, the rules now, on them at the highest they, level of play. Now they grab the shoulder, the you know, the back, that's a penalty all day, every day. But when they do this and there's just a little bit of pull, this really isn't even holding. But I know people can't see what I'm doing. You guys can. Of course. Hopefully you guys can imagine what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it frustrates me. And so on one level, I'm happy they haven't been calling it as much because it gives some gives some power back to the offensive lineman. But there have been some ones where, if you're putting a guy in a headlock, <laughs> that's the one that some of the Draymond. ones on, some of the ones on Micah are where he's like he it's one of those he's being it, it he's he, the hands in the frame and he's pulling on the opposite side, so it, it looks like it's holding. I want to let those go. It's the headlocks and the pulling at the mask and pulling yeah. it. The one that I always wish me as a, as a lineman is when they pull at the collarbone, at, you know, at the U part of your neck. Th- that's holding. If I have you right there, you can't do anything. I control where you go. There's nothing you can do because I, I, can, I can control you, where your head is. Yep. And that's a problem. And so they're not even calling those anymore as frequently. So it's just it's frustrating me. And I think it's frustrating yeah. a lot of fans. Yeah. I think refs, they have to fix hey, it. like Cowboy fans because we see Micah. I mean. And I think the XFL did it the best. And by the way, XFL, USFL merged. The UFL, it's so much better because— Plus. 
when you have two leagues that are not great already, <coughs> bless you, competing, it just makes it waters down more. Now you have one league. And I think they could expand a little bit more, but we'll see what they do. Yeah. I like it better. But I like what they did. They had Dean Blandino in the bo- in the booth calling things from a booth. Everything was reviewed within five seconds. I think if you told NFL Genius. fans, <laughs> I think if you told NFL fans, games will take 10 or 15 minutes longer on average. But we can guarantee you better refing. Every fan, I don't think there'd be, I, don't, I seriously believe this 100%, every fan that loves football would say, unless you just have an IQ below 100, would say, yes. Mm. Alabama, yes. Fa- Alabama fans. <laughs> <laughs> the, the attitudes Eagle of fans. our guests do not always reflect the attitude of KNTU in the show. Anyway, <laughs> anyway so that that's where I, I'm at is that it, it's just it's frustrating. Yep. I, I think yeah. you just need better refing. Yeah. We've seen it. It's gotten, it's the worst year of refing, I think, well, ever. No, replacement refs are worse, but it's close. Are you? I think these are almost worse. I, I, I heard someone say that recently. Their place must be better I, than these I guys. Think, I think what makes this one worse is these guys are the pros. Yeah, I know. And so the replacements would, you know, we understand that. You anyway, expect it, right? Yeah, of course. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. Um, bit of a longer episode. Hey, first but, one back in a month. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, first one. Gotta get back, caught up. You know, Jordan uh, in with us, and they think you know, thank, thank you. you for being on with us today. It's been a great, you know, pleasure having you on. And um, again, I think I talked about this last week. I cannot remember if I did. Me and Seth, who has been on the show a couple times, is on the draft show. We are in talks to start a wrestling podcast. Um, the name, possibly because I am not very original, could be In Between the Ropes, <laughs> In Between the Stitches. And he actually liked it. I think it's funny to say it's kind of like a, a almost like almost like a you know a, a, a sister show in a way. Um, but hopefully you know. And then we'll, we're, I'm talking with some people here to kind of see if we can get that going. That won't be related to this. Um, it sounds like it may just be me and Seth doing that. But, you know, Chase isn't going anywhere. You know, George is welcome to come on at any time when he's um, down here. And, um, you know, I'm excited. It's almost draft season this week after week 18 is when I start doing my film stuff. At least it's just kind of some of the, you know, the preliminary seeing names, getting them in my head. You know, okay, who's who's rising, who's falling already. And then once Super Bowl's over, I'm on it, you know, as, as much as in, I can. Top 300 players is what I yep. do. So. Anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next Wednesday. Instead of the Saturday episode, it was just because we're on break, and you know I believe Chase, you're good for Wednesday. I should be okay. I should be. We'll yeah. see you guys next week. See you thank guys. Y'all.